Hello, the internet, and welcome to this special year-end episode of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! Or, uh, Miles, you pitched a new intro for these uh, year-end episodes. Let me hear it. (laughs) From Nutty Professor, let's get busy! (laughs) Nope. Let's recap this, uh, let's recap this year. This is uh, the episode where we look back at the year that was in movies and TV. I guess I understand why we separate them, but like at first, uh, a lot of the separation was happening because TV was just seen as less than, but like now, many of the performances happening in TV are just as good as the performances happening in movies. Uh, so we think the Oscars should also take a look at TV, but that's how we're going to approach this one as things we watched in 2021. Mostly it's TV and not movies. Um, well, I, I feel like this time you've been coming in and be like, I saw this movie. I've seen this movie. I know about that movie. To make up for my utter lack of film awareness this year, I only watched Red Notice. Right. Uh, so a total waste of my time in, yeah. in that department. But TV, I got fucking time for the yes. TV shows. All right. Well, we are thrilled to be joined, uh, as always, for these year-end episodes by super producer Anna Hosnia. What's up? Yeah, every time you like throw the toy and I run over there, (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's how we do it. I'm I'm actually the eldest son of Jax. (laughs) Uh, No, that's Jax. (laughs) Jax. You don't even know my name. Jax. Jim. Jim. He's not. I told you, this isn't Jax from Vanderpump Rules. It's Jack (laughs) O'Brien. Although I am getting those uh, those, uh, jawline implants. Oh, nice. Uh, Give me the jacks. You go by Mac now. Got it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, what a year. Am I right, you Mm -hmm. guys? Yep. Anna, you are the queen of Streaming Corner uh, Mm -hmm. and a Streaming Corner. We do rely on you uh, to watch everything and Mm -hmm. uh, you never let us down. So I guess, I don't know, should we start with TV stuff since that's or streaming stuff since that's yeah I feel like there's people... more there's there's some more substance at least for us to have some opinions on for sure yeah yeah so I I just like kind of combed through the Metacritic compilation of people's top ten lists just to jog the old memory a uh, Reservation Dogs was uh, number three. That is uh, a show that we have all watched. Uh, we're yeah. planning to do a streaming corner on. Uh, we'll still do that streaming corner, but do, do you guys want to talk about Reservation Dogs here? Um, yeah. I, it's it's called Thank God When You Entrust a Culture to Write About Themselves, Perform as Themselves, Direct Themselves. Uh, there was just something... I it, I don't know. The show was so fucking refreshing on so many levels, but one of the biggest things that like was just so clear to me was just in the writing and the performances that like we were like that room was really drawing on real authentic experience rather than like some guy was like, you know, I like I was I was like driving through a reservation. And I got this idea for like right. this show, like what it would be like. And so I consulted with other people like, no, this felt just so authentic. And I think that's why. For me, at least, I was so just drawn in by just how authentic it felt and just how, again, how, like, these performers, how good they were seemingly out of nowhere. So, yeah. All four of those kids, I feel like, are going to be in, like, are going to have big careers 
like from from this point forward, right? Like they or they absolutely should. Yeah, I can't imagine they wouldn't if they didn't want to. But it had every. I mean, like it was funny. It had heart. It gave you some historical context. Just like I don't know. I, I that shit made me feel better than Ted Lasso, to be honest. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I didn't get the diet therapy of like like you know appeal of t- Ted Lasso. I mean, I get why people like enjoy it, but. There's like Reservation Dogs was much more like life affirming of an experience to watch. I feel like. Absolutely. I would 100% agree. I did watch two episodes of Ted Lasso on an airplane, uh, but it wasn't this season of Ted Lasso. So I don't Mm. can't speak to that. Can't speak to why people are putting it on their top 10 list. uh, But I do feel like it's kind of uniform, like the whole thing kind of has the same vibe and it seems fine. It seems like America is going through something, and that is why Ted Lasso uh, had the impact it did more yeah. so than like this is the this is the best show. Seems like we're we're going through something. Yeah. Um, Anna, your thoughts on Reservation Dogs and Ted Lasso? I know you're a big Lasso head. Yeah. No, um, I I have <laughs> big Lasshole. I think I tried to watch the first episode of Ted Lasso, and it didn't really do it for me um are we dead inside is that why it doesn't resonate no i think it's more just like there's a certain wow the way i was about to describe this does really feel like we were dead inside (laughs) there's there's a certain type of person who like yeah likes to take in that sort of like good natured positive (laughs) um comedy but to me i was like not too happy bye not dark Um, enough gotta go I think it's like it, it was too happy, but the jokes just weren't hitting quick enough for me. You there know? Di- yeah, there didn't seem to be that many jokes as far as I could tell. Also, I grew up with like a positive coach who was like, you know, my dad's a basketball coach. He's all about like positive uh, positivity, positive positivity. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like, I, like that. I was like, yeah, no, I get all that. I've seen all this. I get it. Uh, it works some of the time. <laughs> Um, I've seen this all before. Yeah, I get, I get it. it. Lasso. It gets you chased out of Dayton. That's where it gets you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> I've seen this a hundred times, man. <laughs> He's getting chased out. They're going to get chased out. Watch. Yeah, watch. watch. Just watch. Just watch. Wow. He's there, I told schools. you they lost. <laughs> I knew it. I'm like way too. Just watching it unlike anybody else. He like, um, feels like you're projecting a lot. Onto the, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Reservation Dogs, a real, a classic already. So many great like characters, so so much just great writing of the experience of these kids living in this town, in this reservation where they're, you know, I, I feel like we got like an actual true experience picture of what it's like. And like also great casting, like everyone felt like oh they were God. absolutely perfect for the role. From like yeah. the adults to the cop to the kids, just everyone was so just in it, and it. I just thought it was such a great show, and I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I would say it's my show of the year. It's number one on my list. Um, I thought it was I, the best, best thing I saw this year. Maybe I think in terms of like where I feel like entertainment should be going, like I think I would also give it that distinction. That or like We Are Lady parts too. Mm. I think just I liked. That show was fucking hilarious. Just so fucking good too. Um, and I just like I just want to see more, you know, underrepresented communities get their like 
full like just like the latitude to create the show that they need to that encapsulates yeah. what their lives are about because when you do that it's so it's just so fucking it's like that's what's the bar is so low right now because everything just feels just so one note or similar in tone or coming from like the same three production companies with the same few showrunners that those shows to me are like i think giving me the imagination to be like yeah see look what happens when you tell fucking stories of other people mm. Mm. people's number one show of the year which i was a little surprised to see uh, i haven't finished it myself but i have had uh the last three episodes uh described to me by uh one anna hosnier so it's basically the same uh, mm -hmm. succession the critical darling of the year even though i felt like a lot of people were like okay this season is starting to feel like we're being pulled back into the same same old same old but uh i guess they stuck the landing mm. yeah i believe so I, I was so. always in it. I was always in it to win it because I knew something was coming. That's how succession works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I it's started not called I... failshin. <laughs> it's called succession. Nice. Okay. Thank Jack. you. Oh, that is, that is something that I learned from my dad. Well, All right. Yeah. Um, so thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, that was. <laughs> what else can be said after that? Uh, yeah. But no, this. I I don't know. I think it. I got. I thought it was slow in the beginning. But then once I under I got all the stakes, I was like, okay, here we go. I see where we're headed, and that's typically the flow, I guess, for me getting and like invested enough in succession because it's sometimes so much fucking big business capitalist talk that I'm like, what you're what like what's the I know they love that they love yeah. their like inner what's the game play what's the play here the so play here? much to a it's point where I'm like, bomb. yeah, I'm like, huh, <laughs> yeah. Like, could you imagine living a life where you're constantly worried someone's trying to one up you on something that you're constantly worried that someone, your own sibling is, is got a play going on behind your back right. without you realizing and is working to destroy you. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not fun at all. I mean, I think, I, I guess basically because it's our most consistent prestige show, that's why people are like saying like, it's the show of the year, but I don't, it's not, it's not the show of the year. It's great. Right. Had a great season, but not the show of the year. Yeah, and I just couldn't get past. I, I will eventually, but could not do Kendall's 40th birthday. Just too upsetting. But I think, yeah. isn't that, I think that's almost the majesty of the show is that it's on so many levels hitting really hilarious points to really dark points to really like I feel uncomfortable and sick points watching this. Like the 40th birthday, the last scenes in that episode <laughs> made me feel genuinely not well right like i, but I already feel genuinely not well through. yeah sure but you need to learn to compartmentalize jack seriously come on it's 2021 right, so you're not gonna be able to watch all this tv yeah episodes. like what are you doing anymore <laughs> like, like come on dude stop trying to like feel it all you know right this right. isn't an adele concert okay <laughs> <laughs> it's just a throwback but anyway there we go. um i just i don't know i think that show has many levels and to think it's like a jesse armstrong production like it's like a you know peep show like it's like that that those guys i don't know it's just like interesting to me you know yeah, yeah i yeah. like it a lot is what i'm trying to say and if you ever come for it again like that and not say it's the greatest show of the year i'll know that you guys are up to something like what's it's your not play the greatest here? show of the year i'll say what's it again, your play here miles what's your play here? my play here is objectivity based on my own biases <laughs> <laughs> so it's not objective at all but I we think that's it's like that. what you're saying, Anne, is like it. It's different than Sopranos, right? Because I'm not rooting for these people ever. 
Not no. like, and and maybe in a very like, you know, narrative sense, I'm like, oh, that would be nice if the narrative played out for this character. But I think what Succession is doing is like, like you're saying, it's the, the like wealth at this level and power at this level and the culture around this is so absurd in and of itself that it's just merely being like, this is how absurd this shit is. And it's everything at once. It will disgust you. You'll laugh. You'll be so fucking bummed out. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's where it Who are you rooting for in The Sopranos? Oh, Mm. like always, always Polly, always, (laughs) you know, whoever. Because like you always just be like, oh man, Christopher (laughs) sucks. But you're like, but then there are times you're like, oh man, I really wanted that for him. (laughs) But he, you know. Yeah, yeah. uh, And and that's where you're like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Like I'm rooting for a murderer. But in Succession, you're just like, Oh, it's a car crash. <laughs> but you love watching. That sound that you just made reminded me of, uh, I think you should leave season two. Um, it's probably the only piece of culture that I consumed. Like I was hungry and it was a, like a meal. Like I was just like, I just gobbled that shit up yeah. and really enjoyed every, every second of it. Uh, yeah. That actually, I was going to say, it's good that this wasn't really a time where you could be in public. Because right. you <laughs> like can season one. control yourself while watching that show in public. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good quarantine show for you of all people who don't know how to act when watching. Well, I think you should leave. Yeah. We switched spots because when season two came out, I was on a plane and I was <laughs> freaking people out. Because as soon as I saw the hot dog sketch, oh you know, it's the God. first scene. I was just like, I literally went. Oh fuck! And I like I yelled it out, and like her Majesty elbows me, like, "Yo, you're screaming on the plane." Yeah. I'm like, "You got it," and I'm like, "Take my AirPod. You need. I'll start it over, but we're right. doing this together." Um, That's yeah. funny. And is referring to a time that we were on a flight together, and I was like, had tears streaming down my face, laughing Before at the, the first season, and I had seen it like five times already. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "This just makes me feel good. I'm gonna watch yeah. it while I'm sitting." I think here. it's important to know the flight hadn't taken off yet. There were people still boarding, so you were already like in it. Right. And there was a, I was at the window, Jack was in the aisle, and there was a poor soul between us, d- trying so hard not to make eye contact with either of uh, us. As Jack cry laughed, and I kept doing that signal around my neck, being like, "Jack, Jack, 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 yeah. you're in public." Then I started right. texting Miles, like, "This fool." I'm like, I'm not looking. I'm going to turn around and have him think we're all together. I wish yeah. I had footage because you looked maniacal. Almost just picture, immediately how hard you were laughing. It the well also trying to choke the laughter back yeah, was also right. a sight too, where it looks like you see like you know that meme of like that kid who's like eyes like yeah. <laughs> like eyes bulging yeah. out was sort of Jack yeah. trying to fight yeah. the laughter back and I was like, Oh, this shit's this show must That's, be fucking good. I have a picture in my mind. I can see you still in that moment. And your face is almost apologetic of like, I can't control it. It's so right. That's how I felt. I felt apologetic. Right. I mean, yeah, like you like, can't wow. stop pissing everywhere. It's like, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> happening. They know I mean, it's going back to that uh, coach dad thing, you know? It yeah. Was taught not to, to hold all the emotions back. And then once I see it, think you should leave. All comes pouring <laughs> all out of my sense. face. There's nothing I can do. But anyway, season two, uh, also very funny. Let's take a quick break. And then we're going to come back, talk White Lotus. We'll talk uh, Mayor of Easton. I feel like all the shows we've talked about so far are probably better than most of the movies I saw. Reservation Dogs is probably the best, better than any movie I saw this year. This was the year of television. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's only one or two movies I actually enjoyed this year, if I really even enjoyed them. Right. right. All right. So uh, we're going to talk more TV, and then I'll tell you about a couple movies I saw. <laughs> this guy saw a movie. <laughs> Stupid. And we're back. And so should we keep going through like this kind of consensus top 10 of critics? You got your white lotuses, your white lodi, mm, your uh, mayors of Easton. Yeah, that's East right. East Town. Yeah. That was, I think, the best performance I saw uh, anywhere this year was mayor. What about Armand in White Lotus? Oh, Armand in White Lotus is pretty incredible. It was really, it was really, I've, I've talked about this before, but like the degree to which she made me forget she wasn't was a lady from Philly, <laughs> like, right? who who could be my aunt. Uh, and then they cut to like her interview and the like making of documentary that like follows the episode. Like, and I felt like, Jacques, the thing you need second. to understand about right. playing this role. And you're like, yeah. uh, wait, what? <laughs> Like there's not oh, going to yeah. be a performance that was better than that for that like wins the Academy well, Award. That was. That what was about fucking... Jennifer Coolidge in White Lotus? I mean, oh, really good, fantastic, <laughs> and I'm glad she got nominated too for Golden Globe because I was like, that was so also good. so fucking good too. She's just like yeah. a sleeper genius half the yeah. time. But yeah, maybe right. I think we do need to talk more about just how just she fucking kills it every time. Yeah. Yeah. The most I was into a show at any point was probably like the first four or five episodes of Squid Game. But then it like, for me, I feel like it didn't really stick the landing that much in the last couple episodes. White Lotus also was like, it didn't, it didn't like kind of go down in my estimation quite as much in the final episodes. But like, I, I just felt like it didn't like absolutely nail the landing. Um, and no. Mayor, Mayor of Easttown was probably the one that I most enjoyed while it was happening and then like disliked the last episode and like the resolution the most. Um, yeah. White Lotus. I think the strengths were in the performances and yeah, not exactly. the writing yeah. for sure. Cause there's just a lot of like, huh? Really? Eh. But again, okay. like, you know, Steve Zahn and many others, I was like, this was pretty solid <laughs> actually Zahn. from the performance aspect. Yeah. Uh, let's talk We Are Lady Parts, which is one mm. that we actually did do a streaming corner on. Another one that I feel like this is what TV should aspire to, both finding great performers who you haven't heard of or hadn't seen maybe, and like telling stories that you probably haven't seen. When was yeah. the last time we heard about a band like this? And just like normalizing, being part of a demonized religion and also just being a normal person. Right. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And just like the struggle within that to be like, how do I fit into this? Like, mm -hmm. how do I be loyal to my family, but also honor my own desires and my own need to like express myself? I just, man, it was just so, that was just another fun show too. With the, and, the, and I think with that one, the writing was so good. Just some of the, yeah. the exchanges, like the verbal, ex like the dialogue exchanges were so on point. And yeah. the music budget, incredible yeah. work. Mm. Yeah. What the fuck? How did they, get, they get that? Because they were using some of the most like prominent from like Radiohead to System of the Down, like music that we all grew up with and like really spoke to us that like I was very 
I, I, I was like, that's amazing. Whatever this music budget was, incredible. Also, great use of that music yeah. to kind of paint a picture of what it's like to kind of be this like angsty Muslim kid growing up within, you know, like pop culture that's not necessarily of your family's home country, but, you know, things that you understand that maybe your family doesn't understand, but experiences you've had, you know, just like all this sort of. And just great use of music to kind of paint a picture of what it's like to grow up as this type of person. Yeah. <sighs> um, all right. Uh, so up next, we have a bunch of shows I haven't seen. So I'll start sprinkling in movie takes with you guys show mean? takes like hacks. I have not what? seen. You didn't watch hacks. You'd like all it. Right. Here we You'd go. You'd like it. You, you, okay. Like first it. of all, did you enjoy Jean Smart and Mayor of Easttown? No. Didn't like her at all. I thought she stunk. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, you don't even like Mary Beast. In Watchmen, maybe? You're a nah, liar. Boo. Uh, Watchmen yeah, she's, she's incredible. I, you would have loved Hacks. Totally based on not having, having time. time at that point. It's a, it's a fun TV. treat because you're also, you have enough proximity to comedy and the entertainment industry for a lot of the weird, like, the, like a, some of the nuance to hit particularly hard. Just because, like, the way the story is just, like, laid out and the power dynamics within the show, I, like, are so, so fucking funny. Yeah, Hack's well worth the hearty laughs for me. Yeah. Power of the Dog would be the movie I would definitely unquestionably suggest people check out. That and House of Gucci, which isn't, like, the best movie, but also, like, among the most oh, fun times ready. I've had watching a movie. Once I'm able to see it, oh, I'm going to black out an entire Daily Zeitgeist Day. And we're yeah. going to talk about just House of Gucci. What do you mean? Like you're going to take a bunch of edibles and miss a recording? <laughs> no, no, no. Like we're oh. not doing any news, baby. You I'm going to uh, show ordinary? up and we're only talking about House of Gucci and we're only going to do it in the accents. <laughs> Can I black out? <laughs> she blacked out the whole day. <laughs> I, I, I canceled everything. I had five doctor's appointments. Can't do it. Sorry. It's House of Gucci day. <laughs> Dude, she took down all the old episodes from the archives. Like, we're starting over. There's only one episode. It's the House of Gucci episode. No one's allowed to listen to anything else. Those are both movies that have great performances by people doing horrible accent work. Benedict Cumberbatch and Power of the Dog is, you just have to be like, all right, we're, we're going with it. His performance is great. He sounds like Hans Gruber trying to pretend he's an American guy in that part in Die Hard. Like, it's just not uh, a believable American accent, but sure, why not? And then House of Gucci uh, is just creates new colors of bad accents with, with I their... Guess, uh, you know, the only way we're going to see it, we got to go to the fucking theater. Because yeah. there's yeah, really no so plans for this thing. So plan accordingly. Strap on the old gas mask and uh, go to theater. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it's doable as long as you try and go to a showing that clearly is going to have less people and then wear your mask the whole time and don't eat yeah. or drink in there and we will hopefully survive. Monday at 9.45 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is really <laughs> what we'll have to do <laughs> to feel comfortable. Or you can put or, a handful of popcorn inside the mask and then just eat it slowly. Actually, oh, what? God. Okay, Jack, stop. <laughs> uh, what is our budget for renting out a theater? Uh, I don't know. Do we have one? There is none. You're the producer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'll look at it. Great. We'll rent He's out like, theater. Wait, hold on. Only, you rented out the whole IPIC theater? It's just going to be Miles and I sitting so far away from each other <laughs> just to watch this movie. And oh, Becca shit. and Justin and Brian, whoever else wants to come and be a part of the extravaganza. Yeah, yeah Becca, fly out. 
Um, Becca, please fly out. Thank you. What's the budget to fly people out? $17,000. I'm looking, I'm just looking at some of our ad revenue stuff. We can spare $9,000 for this. (laughs) And then we'll be solidly in the red. Okay, great. Uh, What we do in the shadows, I did watch the first two seasons of that, I think. Maybe first one season of that, but it is a great show. I didn't watch the most recent, but uh, hell yeah. Oh, you got to watch the new season. Right. That's on my list. All sorts of good stuff happening. WandaVision. Who saw that? I did. Liked it? You guys didn't watch it? No, I don't watch. I don't. I'm not up on Marvel stuff. I think famously, I think at this point, people know that. They have a lot of good television series, except for the like Captain America one, whichever that one was, the Captain the Hawk Falcon one. Falcon, and the Falcon one, yeah. That one wasn't as great, but the others have been great. Like I really enjoyed Loki aesthetically and story wise, and WandaVision, great, great yeah. writing in WandaVision. And are you a Marvel, like you go to the Marvel movies when they come out? Mm, no, why would I do that? <laughs> you've seen, no, but you've just, seen most of the Avengers films, right? Seen a few here or there. Okay. I'm more, look, guys, I watch TV. You put it on TV, I'll watch it, okay? Right. I'm not here okay. trying to watch no movies, okay? He's like, I hate Star Wars, but goldfish. I've seen all of the Mandalorian, <laughs> all yeah. of the Clone Wars, because it's got to be on TV. If it's a television show, I will watch it. I'm not really, like, I'm not too worried. Like, yeah, I'll watch I'm a movie. too worried. <laughs> the thing is, I got into Marvel much later because my boyfriend's into it and he had to really kind of force me to watch like Iron Man because I have such low attention spans for films mm-hmm. unless I'm in a movie theater. But I try to watch some. Right. Usually if Taika Waititi directs it, I'm in. Right, right, right. Or if it's affiliated, that's a typically a good marker of quality. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll watch the rest. Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, if you put it on TV, I'll watch it. Was there a Marvel movie out this year that I saw? I can't, I can't remember. Oh, the, Eternals? the Widow one. Black Widow. Oh, there's oh Black I didn't Widow. see that. Like that was at a COVID trough where I had enough time to go to one movie and I chose F9 Me too. over Black Widow and I will not regret that decision. Same. F9 fucking ruled. I was like, oh man, I really missed going to the movies. Turns out I just really fucking liked that movie because then Great. once things slowed down a little bit more and I went and saw Dune, I was like, okay. You saw Dune yeah. in theaters? Yeah, bro. This guy's out All here right. watching That's movies. Weird. That's weird. They're easier. <laughs> weird. I don't know why. Okay. okay. Let's talk about only murders in the building. Okay. Sleeper hit. Was it sleeper? You think? I felt like people talked about it a lot. Really? I feel like I wasn't hearing a lot of people talk about it. Maybe not like in our Twitter sphere, but I felt like the write-ups from the mainstream like media felt very like they were in for it. But yeah, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, especially Same. as a podcaster. <laughs> Especially as a podcaster. Same. Uh, I mean, the new uh, Sex and the City reboot, uh, also about podcasters. Very good. Really uh, (laughs) nails the handling. Is is she a podcaster or something? She's like on a Mm -hmm. podcast and she's like, have to go be on a podcast. It's the new jury duty. Um, and <laughs> so it's just all rude. old like, people like jokes about podcasts and how they're annoying and dumb. Well, you know, I, I love I, I love the the take that only murders in the building gives it because it was yeah good you know fun, just mystery shit you just keep kind of tuning in for stakes are low the performances are really good and you realize you're also just like damn Steve Martin is still hitting that physical comedy at his age mm-hmm. and you're like so grateful as a as just like an audience member Southside 
HBO Max's Southside, formerly Comedy Central Southside, still great television. Really recommend if you guys love half hour comedies. I can't get enough of that show. It's like also a great working class comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're like, it's about like working class people and it has like the authenticity and the jokes and like the topics that you're like, yeah, man, like someone who's been wealthy for 10 years couldn't have written this show. Yeah. Like, it's just impossible. Like it's just because it's just hitting. Oh, authentic. I love it. Speaking of HBO Max, I spent, I think it took me five viewings to watch the entirety of Kong vs. Godzilla, which I think came out this year and was, but that is, I, I watched that movie as though it were a TV show uh, and feel like it was fine. It was fine. Uh, but that did, that did make the okay. top 10 uh, at the box office. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like a, not much thought needs to be put into that viewing experience. Yeah. That, we might as well talk about the uh, worldwide BO, worldwide right. box office, because so this was a year um, that China like had two movies at one and two that were way above the third, fourth movie. So this movie, The Battle at Lake Shangjin, made $902 million. A movie called Hi Mom made $822 million. The Bond movie, which was like, you know, playing everywhere, uh, made 771 and F9 made 726. So like pretty significantly, like those two movies dominated the competition without any like U.S. box office. So that's, I don't know, like from a impact perspective, I, I think those are probably pretty underrated. The Battle at Lake Changjin is a movie about a Korean War battle in which Chinese volunteers defeat, you guessed it, the U.S. military. And and the U.S. is the bad guys. And I think it's an interesting trend to follow is uh, sort of animosity uh, towards the U.S. building up there. And then Hi Mom is just uh, the premise from Back to the Future but a woman time travels back and like hangs out with her mom in high school. Um, oh, hi cool. Jason Sue. All right. Well, what's up next? Oh, how to with John Wilson. Great television show. If you guys have never engaged, yeah. I haven't watched the new season yet. I just heard about the, the, the first couple episodes, the first season I fucking could not believe what I was watching. Cause it was Incredible. so up my alley. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like the best parts of, like fucking Tom Green and like weird man on the street bits from Wonder Shows in. It's just got like, I don't know. It's it's got it all this show. And like yeah. Nathan for you. Yeah. It's yeah. If you like that, like sort of the absurdity of reality type of a show, I think you have to you have to watch how to with John Wilson. And also the absurdity of city living. Yeah. And his voiceover over like these just random video that he captures just walking around the city are mm-hmm. like some of the best i don't know it's like yeah. so the written most prose. unique thing and like so perfectly written i feel like he's one of the more like kind of exciting new kind of writers on the scene yeah because um, what was I the agree. deal was he this like did nathan fielder bring that developed this show yeah like, i think that's so. right yeah like it really has that feeling um, but also in like it, it's and it has truly its own identity uh, as well. And yeah, yeah, just someone who like has this much footage and knows how to assemble it, like is really just a skill. And I think that's kind of the genius of this show. 
because it's yeah. like seemingly mundane clips a lot of the times he's like stringing together for great montages but then his like his own curiosity to keep mining a thread and seeing where it goes is also the other fun of it yeah uh all right speaking of like a exciting new writer z-way uh mm. her show debuted um and i did not see it what did you guys think <laughs> great some of those interviews again i just like when we see people get to do whatever the fuck they want to do and we just trust people's voices. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's definitely the, I think the ref refreshing part of Z way is like a talk show. Yeah. 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 I mean, great work, great team that she had just like a very entertaining show. I mean, there's only six episodes. I'm, I'm excited. Season two is coming through. So well, she's I'm also got we'll another show, her. right? That she's doing with Prime or something? Yeah, like her, a scripted show that she sold? She's coming up and it's actually very exciting to watch because she's such a great mind. Yeah. And she's like about to basically like eclipse Bodega Boys who like oh, yeah. put her on first. <laughs> or like, you know, that was the pipeline from being on a Showtime show being like, okay, I'm too big for this writer's room and now I have my own show on the same network. Thank right. you very much. All right, Anna. It's time for you to tell us what was the, the best of reality TV this year. Yes. So uh, we talked briefly ahead of this. Selling Sunset. Great television. Oh, Miles, I know blessed. you had some thoughts. No, blessed. I mean, uh, it's, one of, it's one of the few shows Jamie Loftus really loves. Whenever there's a new season, I get a text from Jamie saying, new season of Selling Sunset's here. <laughs> um, and it just doesn't disappoint because it's mm. just... Again, it's like it's sort of like succession also, because we're looking at the absurdity of these just opulent real estate uh, agents and like like multi-million dollar homes and like the concerns these people have in the real world. And you're like, this is fucking not real, but a little bit of sloppy escapism. I know a mm -hmm. lot of people were talking about Christine's diamond chair uh, that got a lot of discussion. Right. Um, but yeah. Um the use of the filter that completely washes them oh, out in a way oh. that makes them look like they're glowing is really funny to me. Like they're not even trying to pretend yeah. that they could ever possibly have a wrinkle. Fascinating. Or, or a nose or no. cheeks. You <laughs> become so like a drawing. Out. You're a two-dimensional version of yourself at that point. Everything's like, been flattened. They're like, the only way we'll do this show is if you glow us the shit out. Right. And it's incredible. I would love that filter on my everyday life. Please don't look at me without my glow filter on. <laughs> it's like they facetune the footage. Right. It's incredible. Yeah. It is. But I mean, that's like, that's the precedent that many of the like housewife shows and sort of reality that features people that are much more image conscious than like, you know, back in the day. Yeah. And it was like scumbags. Um, this now, is definitely the shift. Exactly. Now, I will say Bravo had an, in I know everyone's like, oh, now Bravo had an incredible, incredible year this year. We had Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Jane going through her situation with her husband, Paul Gerard Tom. Gerard Tom Girardi. Sorry, yeah. he's kind of a blur to me of a human being. Paul Tom. What's his name? Tom Girardi. I watched this Girardi? show, yeah. too. I have I no idea what his name prime is. I documentary about him, but yeah. Tom Girardi. Oh, my gosh. So it's all happening in real time on this season, this year's season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Erica Jane can't keep her story straight. There's stories all over the place. Incredible television in the sense that you're like, 
why are you on reality TV right now? As mm-hmm. your husband, ex-husband, is now going through a really high-profile case where he clearly stole a lot of money from pla- plane crash victims and burn victims. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. And this is the guy who is the lawyer from Aaron Brockovich. He helped those PG&E victims. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'm like, what's going on here? So high-profile. She's still on the show being like, look, honey, you don't know what I'm going through. Literally, that's all she says the whole time. Mm. Uh, And then cut to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We have Jen Shaw here indicted for committing fraud against the elderly, taking advantage of the elderly and having these like, you know, marketing schemes that she does. We literally see on camera her being... Well, we don't see her get arrested, but we see the Homeland Security, NYPD, and the feds show up to arrest her and barely miss her because she got a call tipping her off right before and she bounced. And we see her and that that episode is probably one of the greatest episodes of reality television I've ever watched in my life. It is the darkest in the sense that you have to actually watch ring footage of her sons being held up by AR-15s in their home by the police, which is not something any child should have to experience, let alone a person of color's children who shouldn't have to be anywhere near the police. So I, I just, there's so many levels and emotions going through that I'm like, first of all, how do they even air this footage how is this real? Why do these people continue to stay on reality TV? And that's the most fascinating part because yeah. they just let that they let it's almost as if they're addicted to letting their lives, even their deepest, darkest traumas play out on television, regardless of how yeah. it actually makes them feel and hurts the people around them. It's a very wicked cycle. But also you're like, oh, that's right. Pride comes before the fall, uh, especially in the cases of people who are like, you're criming out here. And you're on, okay, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I don't mind. I like to see people sweat on TV, so let's go for it. the lying, the I am innocent. And you're like, well, okay, I can like see the evidence on the internet. (laughs) We just watched an episode where you did (laughs) the whole thing. Someone laid out (laughs) the whole scheme, but okay, yeah, 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 whatever you're going through. And I think that's the fun, too, is you watch someone who you know is guilty and be like, this is how they're going to act? This is how they're going to act? Okay. America literally like you just don't give a fuck it's incredible nah. it's really incredible I'm gonna take a oh, quick yeah. nap yeah mm. I got too excited <laughs> what a time I I'll, I'll go with uh the movie I can't tell if I watched or not this year a quiet place too I think I might have seen this it's Wait, really foggy. I, I think I might have watched it on a plane or something but like I it also I might have just like watched a couple trailers um, so I have no no idea. I think I took Benadryl and watched a weird episode <laughs> of The Office. Yeah, she was kind of a blur. Yeah. So the number one at the uh, box office internationally, besides the two uh, movies that we talked about that like blew up in China, is the latest Bond movie. Super producer Anna Hosnia. You saw it, mm-hmm. which first of all, you just acted like me seeing Dune in a theater was like the I wildest thing you ever. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm not a theater dweller. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going. To, I'm not leaving my couch. Yes. So this this is actually a very interesting thing to me because I actually really have always loved Bond movies, and it stems from the fact that my dad really loves Bond movies. So we kind of bonded on that a lot of times growing up. Bonded. His favorite. Are you bonded out of your up. goddamn mind? This is my moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, no time. Right. This is no my time moment. for bits. So you um, James bonded. Yeah. yeah. So are you just gonna keep doing that? <laughs> 
Okay, so my dad loves Sean Connery, blah, blah, blah. He loves Bond movies. I watched Bond movies my whole life. So Daniel Craig, I will admit, I was disappointed when they chose him originally back to star in Casino Royale. Turns out, great Bond actor. And mm. there's almost like a... The period of when he became Bond, it was like I was really it was like a very coming of age moment for me of being like I was mm -hmm. young. I was like getting really into culture and movies and, and television. And now I'm seeing like now that it's the end, it's like I'm an adult now. It's like the end of my aging, my growing up has started to come to an end. And I, I'm seeing it in like the start and end of Bond movies. I was thinking about this the other day quite um, critically, if you will. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm so smart. But okay. I um, I was actually quite sad by this Bond movie realizing it was the end of an era of Daniel Craig. I mean, I know he, he had all those quotes about wanting to slit his wrists on black. He's free, <laughs> but like, it's kind of sad. And this movie actually made me, I was sad when it ended and just, there's a certain way it ends that might, if you have or haven't seen it, but you know, while there is a bit of a, you know, like I don't need the Bond movies to be good. I just need them to hit the tropes, you know, of like right. adventure, fast cars, Aston Martin. Ooh, that's a tricky little device you got there. And then like hot girl, <laughs> that Bond, Bond fucks so much. It's very funny yeah. to me. Like, geez. So everyone who gets close to him dies or whatever. I don't know. It seems like there seems to be some themes like that. So I, I actually really enjoyed it for what it was um the end yeah, of an era the thing with daniel craig as james bond is there's almost like a, a hotness about him that is mm -hmm. like hot and uh okay that's that's cool you nailed um, it right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> uh, in my expert opinion uh there's almost like this like hotness about him all right uh we are bringing in uh the newest producer Yep. on uh, the L.A. studio. She is the brilliant and talented Becca Ramos. What's up, Ramos. Becca? Ramos. Welcome, welcome. So you had some picks. You had an underrated, overrated. Uh, hit us with them. Yeah, you know, I really love movies, TV. I'm not as versed as Anna over here, who's a TV connoisseur. Damn, uh, movie really gang. Thank it. you. It exhausts me a little bit. I'm very much an all or nothing person. So the idea that I have to binge hours of television is a little anxiety driving. So I love a movie. Quick bit, you're in, you're out. But my underrated for the year was uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. I am going to put it out there. I wasn't sure how it's going to go, but everyone killed it. Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial de debut was... And Andrew Garfield, I didn't realize he had that type of musical prowess in him, so that was dope. Uh, I am a Marvel fan, so I did go see Eternals, Black Widow, and Shang-Chi, and I will say Shang-Chi, well, I guess properly rated. It was well-received. People liked the movie. Uh, okay. But when you look at the box office, like it is the number one uh, movie uh, in America. Like, which really? I feel like, yeah, it was the number one domestic box office in America, like over Venom, Black Widow, F9. But I feel like people didn't fully like publicize that because Hollywood doesn't like to acknowledge when movies about people of color do well. Absolutely. I, I do want to say real quick, it's because um, the star of Shang-Li was uh, he made an appearance in um, Selling Sunset. Yes, he did. And that was a great episode. <laughs> 
they that promoted was. him heavily. It was so funny. Um, but and the Eternals and Black million Widow home. overrated. Honestly, Black Widow was one of the worst Marvel movies I've ever seen. I was absolutely baffled at how bad it was, how boring it really? was. I had to try to watch it two different times because I fell asleep. It was so boring. Damn. Um, and my other big underrated pick was Candyman. I feel like it didn't get the recognition it deserved as like mm. a thriller horror and just kind of fell through the cracks. But it also goes to say like black women don't get the recognition they deserve and lots of things about not promoting POC movies. So I think it's a great like thriller adjacent to get out. Um, it wasn't super scary by any means, but it was just such a like beautiful eerie film mm. yeah um, my tv underrated i didn't watch a lot of tv but i just finished scenes of a marriage and if i were either of their partners i'd be upset <laughs> chemistry between jessica chastain and oscar isaac is uncomfortable because it's beautiful and haunting right mm. i love mm. a beautiful and haunting on-screen relationship if you see any of their press, you're just like, oh, yeah. oh no, <laughs> like the, their partners must be quaking because it's video. It's like, ugh. like you're like, I'm watching something that's supposed to be behind closed doors. That's what right. it feels like watching their press Ooh. tour. It's Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper-esque. Absolutely. hundred well, percent. They had that one video go viral on the red carpet of him kissing her shoulder or her inside her arm. Yep. Mm hmm. And I then they, they were just married. had another one go viral of them oh, walking God. together. And she's like talking about, cause she just got on TikTok, And so she's like, I'll show you some funny videos, Oscar. And then she like leans her head on his shoulder and oh. everyone's like, I would be throwing up and puking right now if I was his wife. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. The marketing around that was the thing that like jumped out to me. So first of all, Candyman is the movie that like, I was most excited about. And then I forget if it was like during a spike in COVID or if it was just the fact that like the culture just like completely like mainstream culture just completely ignored it. It was just like it didn't come out. And like it when... premiered or not premiered, but it was promoted and then it was like delayed in its release. Mm -hmm. Right. Because of uh, COVID. So I feel like it just never got the proper marketing that it deserved, especially because yeah. I don't think it got released around Halloween. Right. So it just. Yeah, I think it was like in August or something. Yeah. So it just kind of missed its window. Yeah. And then scenes from marriage, I feel like the thing I know it most for was the chemistry. I've never seen better chemistry on a billboard, but the, <laughs> the chemistry between the two of them on these billboards that were everywhere in Los Angeles was like distracting. And um, I am ready for the House of Gucci discussion. I just yeah. saw it on Monday. What did you think? I loved it. I <laughs> feel like people were giving a lot of shit to the movie because of its campiness. Right. But it definitely wasn't as bad. And if you're going in knowing it's not going to be an Oscar award winning movie, it's just going to be a fun movie. You're going to have right. a great time. It's a little long, though. It's definitely like I'm not going to watch it again, but right. I enjoyed it for what it was. See that, yeah, that tracks with what I hear about it. Fun movie uh, that's not going to be an Oscar award-winning movie, uh, wherein everybody who was involved thought it was going to be an Oscar award-winning movie, uh, and that adds like this element of uh, everybody just fucking going for it, uh, which is very fun. 
I will say it does feel like Lady Gaga is in a movie that no one else is in. Oh, <laughs> like, I love that. Okay. The, the performances everyone's giving, they're all in different movies. They all don't right. know what the movie is. Is it a drama? Is it a camp comedy? Like they don't know where they're going. But Sounds in like the great promotional materials, it is very much like we're winning an Oscar for this. Right, right. Yeah. Just only watch my lines as the movie. <laughs> yeah. And nominate me. Also, just for fans of comedy, I would say Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar was oh, really yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. The um, Girls Five Eva on is that Paramount? Peacock, I think. Wait, no, which one? Was Peacock. It? Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. Uh, that was really like really strong joke density. Really funny uh, joke. Say by there. the bell too. Yeah. Ooh, I will say Nora from Queens. Underrated. I oh, really, really love it. Okay. I mean, Bo and Yang. I know Aquafina is a hot debated topic, I think, amongst people of color in Hollywood. But nonetheless, great writing. For the light very black century. Is she doing black scent Nora from Queens? <sighs> a little bit. Mm. <laughs> but it's okay. uh it's my dad's favorite show. I mean, he loves Aquafina. Anything she's in, he texts me about it. He's like, Oh, hey, really? Aquafina's <laughs> in a new thing. Aren't you excited? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. He's like ever since the web series he was in. He he has like very niche people he likes. Like he loves Lady Gaga. He was uh -huh. like, we have to go see House of Gucci. And then mm -hmm. he loves Harry Styles. Well, he loves One Direction, which is a confusing thing for a father, but no, we can Your dad could be on the show as a guest. <laughs> he yeah. loves pop culture. He yeah. loves Defend Aquafina Dad. He go. loves movies. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, also one underrated, the other two. Yeah. Our fave. Welcome to Pat Tacto with Tick Dubeck. <laughs> she messed. She's so tired. Pat is so tired. She's working Dubeck. too hard. She can't even speak. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry. What were we saying about? Oh, yeah. Pat. What was it in Barb? Star? Barb and Star go to Vista Barb Del Mar. Uh, felt like it's more McGrubery than I think I was led to believe by like the coverage 100%. around it, which is the ultimate compliment I can pay. If you if you liked the McGruber movie, which I thought was very funny, uh, apparently the show is very funny too. Nice. Ooh, and on some overrated, trashy actual television, not reality TV, I will say you got a little too crazy for me. I was in it seasons one and two. Season oh, three, you? I couldn't okay. finish. Yeah, me? I didn't show right. you. Yeah. And then um, I talked about Riverdale. This? If y'all have ever watched Riverdale, the writers have gone off the wall. I don't know if they're just like high and drunk. More so than normal? It just like I started the beginning of Riverdale, right? right. And now it's like they brought in the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch universe. Doesn't make sense. She's dead, according to last season. They now have made characters immortal. Some of these teens are like murdered in jail. It's just, it's every what? episode you're like, no, that's not real. Like that, right. not that it's supposed to ever be rude in reality, but it's like so far from where they started. You're like this, who is this for? What audience, who are they grabbing? Is it just like they spin a wheel and it's like a Mad Lib, it feels like is what it's become. So. Just do it to inspire takes and write-ups, you know? That is another way to get your show talked about. So maybe that's what's going on. It's well, fun, but I watch an episode and I'm like, what did I do to myself today? <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, this has been our look back at things we watched in 2021. It's a lot. We watched a lot. It was longer than all the other uh, recap episodes. But uh, when you you try and combine TV and movies, uh, that that makes sense. Well deserved on our part, I guess. So um, that is going to do it for this year-end episode. We will be back with more year-end stuff probably i don't know what order we're releasing these in but you know you'll figure it out uh all right happy holidays everyone hope you're having a good one bye later